We're on page Reishid Beis, uh, 212, and about six lines from the top. And we were just speaking about, uh, according to the opinion, that, according to the opinion, that the Oyres are totally pushed, totally divested of any definition, totally simple, abstract. So we have to say that there's no idea of Sviris, even in a way of Shlila. When you describe them, meaning to say that they're negating, that they're not the opposite of these things, there is an opinion saying that there's the Oyur is totally Pashat. Not even, you can't even describe it in a way of Shlila. And that's what's implied from the Ibir of Oyur's Tommy that we've been quoting from the Alter Rebbe. That they're just They're just emanations, revelations from the Creator, from Hashem, to bring about the life force of the Kalim. But not that them, them not that the Oyris themselves have any de- type of definition or tzir to them or um, limitation to them at all. So according to that, we have to say that the Kav is also the Oyra Kav, which comes after the initial contraction, concealment of the infinite energy of Hashem. Even the Kav, which is the Oyra which goes into the Kalim, is also built in Mugbal, unlimited, totally simple. Um, and the, It's totally simple. And the fact that it is the kav is described like a pipe, like a tube that that allows the energy to go according to the level of the worlds and to enclose them in an inner way. That's only because the infinite energy of Hashem from before the Simpson is drawn is drawn down through this kav by way of, by means of the Rishimu, the Kayachagvul of Hashem, the power of Hashem's limitation before it's become revealed in the actual Kalim. Potential for Simpson. Basically, this idea of just Simpson. So, and, and at more spiritual level. But the point is that the Kav itself inherently is not limited. It's only because of the Rishimu that it brings it down to limitation. And that's how the Oyer of the Kav comes into a Koyach Vuli, into a limited limited power, and to be a Kav in a, which is lim, limited and measured according to the capacity of the world. So, however, Ba'etzim, inherently, the Oyer of the Kav is totally unlimited and simple and divested of any, of any definition. Just like the, we explained earlier about the enclosement of the energy into the kalim, that the energy always remains simple, and the kalim is what applies the definition to the simple energy. Just like the muscle of the water within the colored cups, the water always remains pure, the same, you know, colorless. So too, we can say in the drawing down of the kav through the helm of the rishimu is the same idea. The kav always remains simple, unlimited. The, the Rishimu is what, when it shines through the Rishimu, that makes it have on some type of definition, but not inherently doesn't have any definition. So therefore, and that's why the, all the Yechudim, the unification between the opposite, the Sphiris, which have opposite natures to them, happens through the Kav, because the Kav inherently has this unlimited nature to it, therefore it's able to bring together the opposites. Be'etzim, it's Ein Saif. Um, so according to, according to this, seemingly it's not relevant to say anymore that the Oyer has a root in the Esos Agnusis because rather it's just a push, it's totally simple and it's therefore it's just an extension of the essence it's not that it, it has a higher source how it exists in a higher level it's just an extension of the essence being that it's push, it has no definition however, the Maimur in the Haggad explains that even according to this opinion that the Oyer is push, it, that the Kav is inherently push, it, only the Rishimu gives it some type of definition and therefore, we can't say that it has a higher source than the Esoteric Agnosis. According to this opinion, we have to say that there is a concept of Sphiris, a definition, some type of definition in the Oyr. But the Chayra, being that, it's not Shaykh even to describe the Sphiris in a way of Shlila, 
what is the idea of Sirius which exists within the this this according to this opinion within the Ayur? So we could explain it according to what it explains in the Sophis of Tira Ayur, the Maimur Shemaim Kisi, regarding the idea of the Mashal of Kayakhariya, which this is what we're in the middle of talking about now, we haven't finished yet. Um, the Kayakhariya, the power of sight that a person has, doesn't have a beginning or an end like all the other senses, like like when you're hearing, it's impossible for a person to hear all different sounds at the same time. Rather, you hear the louder sounds or the sounds that are closer to you first, and therefore you can't hear everything together. However, but in sight, you see the whole scene that you're looking at at one and, and with one glance. You can see the whole picture without one part of the scenery which you're looking at having a kadima, having a preface, preface over the other one. You see all the details together. And in the note over there, it says, like the way of analogy, when you're looking at a beautiful uh, painting that has many different brush strokes and very, you know, little lines, and it's made up of all these different details of individual strokes, and that's the beauty of the painting comes from that. But with when when you're looking at this painting, you don't see it all. You don't. You're not um, taken over. You don't be. You're not nitfus in the actual individual brush strokes. Rather, you just see the general beauty of the painting, which is made up of all these individual details. Even though there are all these different details of the different individual brush strokes, but in the Re'iya, you don't typhus the details. Rather, you just see the general beauty that's made up of all these details without any schalkus pratim, without any differentiation of the individual brushstrokes. Rather, just you see it in a way of pshitis, a simple meaning abstract, divested of the details. Even though there are for certain details here, which in the beauty of the painting is made up of all these details, but you don't typhus the pratim here in a way of, that you recognize them at all. Even a little bit. You just see the general beauty of this whole painting, how it's made up of all these details, but you're not recognizing the details. And so the an- analog for that, spiritual and spirituality, is what we understood in the idea of Ri'iyah of Chachma, which is a stage in the intellect which comes after after Chachma, Bina, Das. Then you come to this general picture of the, the whole picture of what you're the concept of you're contemplating in, in a way of Isamtus, like when you see something, you see it real. real. So the idea of Ri'iyah of Chachma, it's when you see the Mechus, you see the whole core, the essence of the concept which you're trying to understand in a way of an abstract way, but not getting caught up in the details. Like it's known that the idea of Ri'iyah, you see something, it's an Avshata, it's a lot more Mushat, a lot more divested of details, more even than the concept of the idea Sashlila. Because the idea Sashlila is relating to the inner core of Bina, which is already a stage where details are very emphasized, all the details of the explanation, and after the Pneumius Bina comes the Hakara, this recognition, which is the Das, when you're totally attached to the concept, when you start feeling it, and you start sensing it, and that is relating to the Etzim, the very essence of the thing which you're contemplating, and after the Hakara, then you come to the Amtus of Ri'iyah, to the truth, uh, the truthfulness of the Ri'iyah, where, you, where now you feel the concept, and it's, you know, it, it's, almost, it's as real as if you're actually seeing it. And that's even more Mufshat, even more divested of details. And the idea of the of Shata, this idea of abstract idea, this abstractness which relates to the Riyah of Chachma is that the Pratim Enam Dikarim, the details are not recognizable, rather you just get the general concept in its abstract essence without any recognizable any recognizable Pratim. And from the Riyah it's impossible to make, that's why from the Riyah it's impossible to make a picture within yourself to picture this idea how it was made and what it's made up of because you're not caught up in the details therefore you can't reproduce this picture in your mind however um, when it comes to Hakara 
Yavi, which is the stage before the Iya of Chachma, which is a very deep attachment to this, and you, you do know all the details, and therefore you can make up this picture in your mind. But in the Iya, you can't do this. You can't make any tzir to yourself because you're just getting the general concept without being caught up in the details. So this is where we ended off. Six line to the top, speaking about the in order to understand this concept of how can there be spheres within the oyer, even though inherently the oyer is totally pashit and only the definition is comes about through the rishimu. Um, so the being that it's not shaykh even the Indian of shlila in the oyer to describe the oyer in a way of shlila. So what is the idea of spheres? So we can explain it according to this idea of riya and shmiya and the the the, the special quality of riya. That it just typhus everything in a way of pshitas, not getting caught up in the pratim and the details. It's very mufshat, very divested from details. So, sorry, one before that. And this aforementioned mimer of Yom Tov Shoshana, of Samach Vav, in the mimer entitled Svartim Lechem, is Mavur, it explains the Moshal Agashmi did Iyah Nal Muvan, in Yenem Pshitis Yesur, Mchenasri Yedu Chokhmah. The actual physical analogy of looking at the painting. Or when you have, when you see something, you see all that. You don't see the details. You just see you're lost in the general beauty of the painting without getting caught up in the details of the individual brush strokes. This physical analogy of sight is actually you understand this idea of the pshitus shabazeh, the abstractness, meaning that the fact that you're not caught up in the details. You understand it even more than the muscle of the actual riyah of chokhmah. So, so we can explain this. How is this more understood in the physical analogy more than in the spiritual analogy, which seemingly is closer to this idea of the Safshata? How can you understand the Hafshata more from the physical analogy than the from the spiritual analogy? Spirituality is in general is more mufshat than the physical. So how does this point come out even more from the physical analogy? So we can say, like in the aforementioned analogy, when you see the painting, you don't get caught up in the details at all you just see the general beauty which comes out from all these details we can say in a similar way this applies in the analog in the spiritual analog that within the of the kav which we're saying is totally pushed only because the Rishimu takes on some type of diminution so Within the oyer of the kav, the sviris aspect within it, within this oyer, is not in individual levels, specific individual levels. Ki'im, masha al yodon, in the bottom it says that there's here a word which is not so clear. So not that the sviris within the oyer has individual levels. Ki'im, masha al yodon, klolus ha'ir, hu b'chinas oyer, ashayich el la'atzilus, hainal ha'itzul b'chinas chokma, v'chesed atzilus chul. So... Rather, that all that through all these individual, the individual levels of the sfiris, uh which are not recognizable within the sfiris at all, just like when you look at the general painting, you don't see the details within it. But through these individual de- details, the levels which do exist in the oyer, the general oyer, it becomes an oyer which is shaykh latilis, which is relatable to the world of atilis, meaning to emanate, to bring about these specific levels of Chochmah or Chesed Datilis meaning the Oyer the fact that the Oyer has any relationship with worlds that it has the ability to bring about specific levels of Chochmah and Chesed even though in and of itself the Oyer inherently is Pashit but it does have the ability to bring about these levels so that is already some type of definition and 
So within the ayur, the spheroids within this ayur are not individual levels which you can recognize. Just like when you look at the painting, you don't see the individual br- uh, brush strokes and how, you don't see these chalkas of all these different levels. Rather, just that through these individual levels, which do exist within the ayur in a very, very abstract state, the ayur, because of these levels, has some type of shaykhis relationship to the world of Atsilis and therefore eventually will be able to create, bring about these individual um, defined levels. And that's like the general beauty of the painting, which a person sees when they look at the painting, is made up of these individual details, even though they're totally, when you're looking at it, you don't see them at all, you don't grasp them at all, you just see the pshitas, the, the painting divested of all details. Uh, so, like I explained in the Mimer, we keep, we keep quoting from the Alter Rebbe, and this is the idea, according to this opinion of the pshitas, the, the abstract essence of the oyer, which is totally divested of definition it doesn't have any aspect of definition in the even in a way of defining the of in a way of header that it's not this I'm saying that it's chokma it's calling it chokma because it's not the opposite of that so the Sphiris don't even have that level of definition the only definition they have is only this meaning that through these individual levels, the spheres, which do exist in this abstract air, the general air becomes on a certain level, meaning a air which is shaykh to create the individual spheres of Atilas. So the the individual definition of the spheres within this air is so abstract, you can't see it at all. Just like when you look at the general painting, you don't recognize the details at all. But there must be there because the fact that this ayur eventually becomes the source for individual defined levels of chokhmah and chesed, etc., all the letters of the levels of atzilus, means that within the ayur there must be some type of aspect of spheres because this is the ayur which is bringing these individual defined limited levels into existence. So it must already be defined and somewhat. You just, it's just not nitfus, it's not nicker, the individual levels, because it's very abstract. And that is the abstract the apshitis of the oyer of Akav, according to this opinion. Even higher than the fine, the oyer is defined in a way of shlilo. According to this, even though this is a lot more abstract and divested of details than the idea of Yediyas shlilo, knowledge through negation, it is not totally shlilo, it's not totally mushlo from any details, from any definition. Because at least there is some type of Concept of spheres within the oyer, within the oyer, there, and, the, and the, because the fact that you see that this oyer becomes a source for individual spheres means that there must be already be some type of definition of spheres within the oyer. It's just so abstract you can't recognize it. Just like the muscle of the painting, like we said earlier. And therefore, if so, it's possible to say that the ten hidden spheres within Hashem's essence are a root even for the oyeres because the oyeres are also defined. Because even according to this, even according to this opinion, which the Oyeris are totally pushed, but they're not totally pushed. They have a concept of spheres within them, and therefore they have they must have a higher source within the ten spheres hagnuzis. If the Oyer is totally pushed, then it would just be an extension of the essence. But here we see that the Oyer has a concept of spheres within it, just in a very abstract way. It's known that in general, regarding the idea of the ten spheres of Atilus, there are many opinions. Ha'alif, one opinion, Shitas Hamareches, opinion of the Mareches, Shah Mamish. The ten spheres are the level of Atsilas literally. 
they make up the world of Atsilis. The ten spheres is the main essence of what the world of Atsilis is. As it says over there in Marechus, the beginning of chapter 3, and this is his quote. He learned over there in the Sefer Yitzira, he's quoting the Sefer Yitzira, the ten spheres without any substance to them. Like we explained until now, referring to the Asesphiris Agnusis. Kiblu Baliha Voida Bibi Uram Kiha Lakus Hain Hat Hain Atsilis Hasesphiris Asher Hain Mides Fahanagas Boilam Ashafu Hulu Akanashene. So the Baliha Voida, those who work on themselves through in divine service, they received in the explanation of this statement of the Sefiatsira that the godliness is the emanation of the ten Sphiris. Which the ten spheres are midas, are specific attributes, chachma, chesed, etc., and they are through these ten spheres, Hashem conducts the world, the lowly world. Whether it be he interacts with the world in a way of kindness, so he conducts it, he flows his energy through the channel of chesed, or he conducts it in a way of gruda, severity of judgment. So then the, the simple energy is going through the, the sphere of gruda, of gruda. So the Ma'areches is saying that the, the ten spheres they are the core of what Atzilus is. So we see that clearly here in the statement that on what the Sefer Yitzhira says, Asos without any substance, the Bali Avoida explained it to mean that the Alekus, the godliness of the, the godliness in the world of Atzilus is the, ten, the emanation of the world of Atzilus, the creation of the Ten Sefiris, that they, through the Ten Sefiris, Hashem conducts the world. That is the end of the quote. Umasha Kosov, what the Marechus writes, Ki Alekus Hain Atzilus Asos what he writes, this that we're trying to show here, we're trying to bring out here, that godliness, they are the, the godliness is the emanation, the bringing into existence, the revelation of the ten spheres. We could explain this according to what is explained in another place about the dip regarding the difference of Elika, when in the description, when you say Elika or Elikus, God or godly. So, this is the first opinion about the idea of the Esos Marechus' opinion that the Esos are Atzilus. Atzilus is a godly world, a revelation of Hashem's energy. And so the Elikus of the world of Atzilus are the Ten Sphiris. The emanation, the bringing into being of the Ten Sphiris is the Elikus of the godliness. So what does this mean? This idea of the Elikus, that godliness is the Ten Sphiris. difference between Elika and Elikus. The Elika, who begins Elika is the actual thing itself. Hainu begins Atzimah meaning the essence of Hashem. Which is why it's Hashem. Before it comes in a state of drawing down, an influx of energy, an extension of energy downwards, meaning to the worlds. And before there was any type of extension or revelation of divinity from Hashem's essence, that's what Elika refers to. Velikus, whereas godliness, that's where the energy of Hashem is already extending out from him, so to say, is already becoming um, relatable to worlds, is now directed towards creation. And there's a revelation from him. That's Elikos. Elikos, Yiddish, Getlich. And that's why in Yiddish it's called Elikos, it's called Getlich, Godly. It's not God himself, it's Godly. Referring to the just the extension of godliness, the revelation of godliness, not Hashem himself, not his very essence. And this is what the Marechus writes, that godliness is the emanation of the ten spheres. Because the world of Atzilus is the world of emanation, which in itself means a gili. It's a revelation of Hashem's hidden powers, the Esos Agnusis. They come to a revealed state in the world of Atzilus. So the whole idea of Atzilus is, is hispashtus, an extension of divinity, is revelation of godliness. And that's why he says, godliness 
is the emanation, the revelation of the ten spheres into the world of Atzilus. That's how you can apply seemingly Elikos. How can Elikos be ten spheres? Elikos is simple, is not undefined. How can you say that godliness is the ten spheres? Because Elikos is referring to the extension of divinity, the revelation of divinity, not the essence. Therefore, Elikos can be defined as the world of Atzilus, which is an extension, a revelation of divinity. Which is and as explained another place, Shalzad Nemer, ain't safely spashtusan that concerning this idea of the ten spheres of Atzilus, that's what it says, that there is no end to the extension of the ten spheres of the world of Atzilus, because they are a revelation of divinity, just like Hashem's revelation, just like Hashem in His essence is totally un- unlimited, so to His revelation, the Oyer is totally unlimited. And therefore, the Esses spheres, the ten spheres of Atzilus, they have, there's no end to their influence, because they are a lukos, they are a revelation of godliness, which is totally unlimited. V'hinei, so the Mareches sees it. So now, what is the opinion of Mareches about the idea of ten spheres of Atzilus? That the ten spheres, which are attributes through which Hashem conducts this lowly world, these attributes are the Atzilus. This is the core of what Atzilus is, these ten attributes through which Hashem runs the world through channeling His divinity through these channels. This is the, it's known, the explanation of what the word, word Atzilus implies. It comes to the word, Hashem said, I will extend from the spirit which is upon you, Moshe, and put it upon the 70 elders. That there is an extension, an emanation from the special spirit of Moshe onto the elders. So we see from this that this radiation, this this glimmer of, of this spirit, which was on Moshe, already existed. It was already included within the special spirit of Moshe. It's not, therefore, whatever the sages are receiving now, are not, it's not a novel existence. It's not something new. Rather, it's just from the concealed state to a revealed state onto the sages. And that is the whole concept of Atzilus. It's just a revelation of its, its which is the whole world. Atzilus implies a revelation of Rosh Sa'ara, a extension of a, uh, a extension, a revelation of divinity to bring about the ten spheres. That's why it's called Elikus, godly, it's an Egili. So the whole word Atzilus implies this idea of Gilia Helen, a revelation of that which was concealed beforehand, a revelation of divinity. Um who in Atzilus. So now we can apply this idea to Atzilus. It's just a revelation of that which was concealed from the infinite energy of Hashem, the infinite emanator, where the ten spheres of Atzilus were hidden within him, and now they become revealed in the world of Atzilus. Not a new existence, whereas the world of Bria is a new existence. And therefore, the revelation which, which takes place in the world of Atzilus is totally godly, just like the concealed state of the spheres is totally godly. Um, because it's not a new existence. Therefore, the ten spheres, like the Marecha says, are elikos, they're an extension of divinity, a revelation of divinity. Because the whole essence of what Attilus is, is a revelation of that which was concealed within Hashem's infinite essence, infinite energy. So, according to the Marechas, the Marechas is saying that the ten spheres, that the, that the, the Attilus is defined by the ten spheres. The ten spheres are just a revelation of that which is concealed. Elikos mamish, basically. It's a godly world. 
not a world of Hashem, but a world of godliness. Um, So therefore, the revelation is godly, just like the Helen is godly. This is the main difference between the world of Atilas and the world of Bria, the lower world from Atilas. The world of Bria, like its name implies, creation. The world of creation is a totally new creation, a novel existence. Like it's implied with the word Bria, if a new creation Hashem will create. We're talking about the Koirach um, and the pit which swallowed up the world. Saying if the, if Hashem creates a new pit, then new, a new thing which never was created from the beginning of creation, then we'll see that these people are doing the wrong things. So we see that the world the word Bria implies a new creation. Meaning a total novel existence which never existed beforehand. That is the world of Bria. What is the new the novel existence which which all of a sudden happens in the world of Bria? That the entities the Malachim, or the Sphiris in the world of Atzilus, become created in a way of Yesh, where they feel their own identity. They have their own feeling. As before, this world of Bria, there was no concept of Metzias Yesh, of an entity that felt its own independent existence at all. In the world of Atzilus, it was just, it, it felt just like the Oyer, light extends from the source of light. It doesn't feel its own existence. Its whole existence is attached to the source of the light. Whereas the world of Bria, all of a sudden, because there's an extra symptom, the parser between Atzilus and Bria, that allows that the entities in the world of Bria should feel their own existence. And that is the new, that's the Bria aspect of um, the creation aspect which exists in the world of Bria. Whereas the world of Attila is just a revelation of that which is concealed. Not a new, nothing new happened here. It's just a revelation of the hidden sphere is now coming to reveal its fate. And if so, if it's just a Gilead Helen, so the revelation must be very similar to the Helen. Exactly, exactly like the Helen is. Just now it's coming to a revealed state. It's not a new creation. Which the Helen was totally godly, the revelation of godliness. And therefore, Atzilus also is just godliness. Like the Marecha said, that the Esafiris are Hemelikus. Helikus Hemesafiris. A revelation of divinity. So the main core of Atzilus, what is Atzilus? It's a, like its name implies, it's a revelation of divinity. And that is defined by mainly the ten Sphiris, which the ten Sphiris are a revelation of divinity, a revelation of that which is concealed within Hashem's essence of the ten hidden spheres. Esosphiris agluyis in the world of Atzilus are a giliahelim of Esosphiris agnusis. So therefore, they are totally elikos. Agam, the Esosphiris heim v'chines chachum v'chesekul, even though the ten spheres are individual powers of chachum v'chesed, meaning they already have definition to them. So how can we say that they're totally similar to the helim, which was totally undefined? They must be different. They're already defined now. Nevertheless, they must be, we must be able to say that they are totally godly, even though they have a definition to them. So that is what we're going to explain now. We'll understand this by way of analogy, the powers, the faculties of the soul, which are a shtalshalus, a direct descent from the faculties, the tense faculties of Atilus, the ten powers of Atilus. Like it says in Paragimal of Tanya, that they are a direct descent, our powers of our soul are not just a reflection, they're not, they're not just similar to, they are actually a revelation, an expression of the ten powers of the world of Atilus. So therefore we will be able to understand this idea of even though the, we're talking about individual defined keiches of chacham chesed, there still can be termed elikos, revelation of divinity. For the powers of the soul, the individual faculties of the soul, they are an existence of individual powers of defined, characterized by certain traits, qualities. 
Nevertheless, they're still soul powers. You don't say that they're separate entities which are not, which are not um, connected to the soul at all. They're soul powers. They don't have any existence other than the fact that they're extensions, revelations from the soul. They're not in a, a separate entity, a separate existence from the soul at all. They're revelations from the soul. They're just a radiance, a revelation from the soul, an extension of the soul, extending itself, expressing itself in certain ways of Chochmah Chesed. So too, we can apply this to the ten spheres. Even though they are individual powers defined in specific ways, it still is the revelation of the emanator, which is literally literal divinity, godliness. It's a revelation of godliness, revealed and expressed in certain ways, defined by the kalim. So therefore, um, therefore, even though the, so, the world of Attilus is a gilia helim. Therefore. Just like the Helen was Elikos, so to the Gilead is Elikos. Ah, they're individual powers, which seem to be separate from godliness. Godliness is solely abstract, simple, without any definition. No, just like the powers of the soul are totally soul powers, even though they're defined in specific um, expressions. This is the revelation of Hashem expressing itself through the Kalim in certain ways. Being that these powers are not a new creation, they're not a new yesh, which feel their own existence. Therefore, we must say that even within the emanator, there exists already within the infinite energy of Hashem, these same, very same powers of Chochum Chesed, just in a concealed state, totally absorbed and subsumed within the essence of Hashem before their existence is recognizable, like we explained earlier about the idea of the essence of So, if there be a new creation in the world of Bria, you can't say that they existed already within the Oedin If it's a new creation, the new creation of feeling of yeshes of individual existence here these spheres are not feeling their own yeshes they're just a revelation of that which was concealed beforehand within the infinite essence of Hashem stop there two lines on the top of Reishud Gimel